Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. I am so excited to be here. This is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and I am the founding director of Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, and this is our Women in Leadership show that is sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X. I have a great guest in the studio today, but before we get to our guest, I'm going to go ahead and just give you some brief information if you're not familiar with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. We are a local organization started right here in Pensacola, and we do a couple different things to help promote, advance, and improve women in business. One of the things that we do are monthly networking meetings, so you can always check us out on Facebook and find when our next meeting is, but they tend to handle like clockwork. First Friday of every month is Pensacola and third Friday of every month is Gulf Breeze. But I've been talking to some people. We might be making some changes with our Gulf Breeze meeting. So you always want to double check our Facebook page to see exactly what's going on uh, for our meeting. So that is Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. You can like that page and see our events listed on there. The other thing that we do for the organization is an annual conference. So we just finished that up in October and we are still doing the tallying to figure out the donation amount to Gulf Coast Kids House. The greatest part about the conference this year is we're actually going to be able to double our contribution amount from last year. So yeah, progress is always good. And especially the Gulf Coast Kids House does such amazing work for our community. And unfortunately, in December and January, in the, the winter months, tend to, I don't know if it's just winter, but the season, I think, of Christmas and everything that's going on, if somebody's in a tough situation, mm-hmm. it tends to escalate their stress level. So the amount of child abuse, the amount of child neglect, all that stuff, emotional abuse for children, it tends to get larger during this season. Mm-hmm. So for us to be able to help out the Gulf Coast Kids House at this time, which is kind of their neediest time, I'm really excited that we're able to uh, provide that for them. So um, that's the other thing that we do. And then we do a quarterly magazine for powerful women of the Gulf Coast. You can pick those up in a number of distribution locations, a lot of them downtown, but there's a few scattered around town as well. So check out our magazine. And if you can't find a physical one, you can always look at it online. It's on our website as well. So you can access the online copy. And that is our website. It's powerfulwomengulfcoast.com. And so that'll give you a lot more information. And I'm proud my guest today is actually a contributor to our last magazine. She helped with the submission of an article about customer service with your potential customers and also your current customers on how to keep them as customers, but then also keep them coming back and do repeat business. Mm -hmm. And so my guest today is Donna Kirby. She is the Vice President of Operations for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Colleen. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're here. You're always such a wealth of information. Oh, thank you. So we talked a lot. When I sat down with Donna, I think we talked from, I think I said it was going to be a half an hour and it turned into like maybe an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I did too. I got a ton of information. And the hardest thing is taking all that information and whittling it down to a concise article. And in the article that we did for the magazine, it really focused on customer service because you were doing a presentation Mm -hmm. for with the um, the um, community institute, Studer Community Institute. And that was a probably an hour long presentation. It was Maybe three, actually. three hours. Yeah. Long? Okay. And they so, were, they were probably hoping I'd get off the stage. They're like, Oh, she, will she ever stop I talking? I don't think so. <laughs> I heard such great feedback oh, about you. that. Yes. Thank and you. you are just a wealth of information. So we're going to talk thank a little you. bit about customer service, but then we're going to talk more about some bigger picture items. And mm-hmm. you've got a lot of experience. The, um, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos have been doing things kind of the, the right way since the start. Yeah, well, we we like to think so. You know, we had a terrific roadmap going into it with, a, you know, Quint is just a wealth of information mm-hmm. for us, you know, and he uh, he had, you know, these standards of behavior that we use as our fundamental mm-hmm. basis of operation, you know, and so he had kind of this footprint that we could take and apply to baseball. And I'll be honest, when I first came into baseball, I'm like, we're taking things from healthcare and applying that to mm-hmm. baseball. How in the world is that going to happen? Right. You know, well, quickly I learned how 
you know, critical it is and yeah. how it really transfers to any industry. Absolutely. Yeah. It's some of those basic things that if they work for taking care of a human, they work for yeah. getting people to come to a sporting event, which I would agree yeah. it's not related at yep. all. It was a little, little bit to get my mind around it, but yeah. really 15 minutes into it, I was like, oh, I see. Okay. I got this. That's awesome. So, That's yeah. awesome. And Apparently, you're getting recognition from outside the area about how good you guys are doing because I know you just brought home a, a, a tremendous award. So tell me what that is because I can't remember. It. To me, it's just y'all are just so awesome. Oh, thank um, you. But tell me the name of the award and what why you guys received it. So we're we're so excited. We just literally yesterday got back from winter meetings up in Nashville, uh, Nash or up in Nashville, up in Washington D.C. They were in Nashville last year. So. Uh, we were honored up there. We received the Organization of the Year Award for all of AA baseball. That's huge. It is huge. It's from Baseball Digest, which is a well-recognized and, and respected mm -hmm. uh, magazine in the trade. And so we, you know, there was a huge awards ceremony. Bubba Watson actually flew up and accepted the I award for that. us. And Quint was there. And and uh, we had our, our, our delegation from the front office there mm -hmm. in attendance. So we won that. Um, I mean, we're so proud of the community service award that we won too for just doing great things in the community. You yeah. know, and, and honestly, our hearts are, our hearts. Everybody in the front office, our hearts are in in line with Pensacola. We want to do what's right for Pensacola and for the community, and putting us on the map and making sure that people can see all the great that we want to do. You know, mm -hmm. we've got long range plans and and working with Studer Community Institute and like our early childhood push that we're mm -hmm. doing. You know, that's. That's and a big kudos. There's a y'all just got an impact grant too. Yes, for the brain bags, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. I mm -hmm. mean, that's some, the the ages between zero and three. If we can hit those kids and and get them kind of uh you know learning as soon as they come home from the hospital, it's amazing mm -hmm. what you can do with them when they're a day old. Even so, Absolutely. part of the fun to that is we've got coaches who will be going into homes and working with the the moms and dads and saying, hey, at, at a week old, what are you doing with your baby? Well, this brain bag actually will give them the tools that mm -hmm. at a week old, okay, I'm moving their legs like this and I'm talking to them like this. And mm -hmm. and uh, it's just, a, it's fascinating. It really is. And that grant is going to be hugely helpful. Yeah, I'm excited to see that come to fruition. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So back to the award that you got about best organization, mm -hmm. was that just fan vote or how did they no. how did they calculate that there's actually a panel of judges on baseball uh baseball digest who actually goes and and talks about all the different organizations and so in minor league it's just like when you come up through school you start at preschool and then go to mm -hmm. kindergarten and all that so minor league baseball set up that way too you've got rookie ball then class a then advanced class a double a so each um each segment receives an organization of the year. So it's not just out of the 10 teams in the Southern League. It's all of baseball, all of double wow. A baseball that we received that yeah. award. So we're super proud of that. You know, we give all the credit to our staff and because uh, they really are the ones out there on the front lines, you know, helping the fans and helping mm -hmm. us do the right thing for Pensacola. And, and our staff, you know, it's one thing they're out in the, you see them at the games and, mm -hmm. and all that, but a big segment of them is actually, you'll see them at the Christmas parades that we do. You know, they're involved in charity events that we do. Sometimes, you know, we'll go and, and pick a ballpark in the city and kind of renovate that before the season starts. And our game day staff is so interested in doing that. And just, it's people with their hearts in the right place. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know, I know this from when you and I sat down, but you put a lot of effort into bringing the right people. Mm hmm into the into the fold right and, and and I wouldn't say I mean I would say it's a, a well thought out process but mm -hmm. it's not a hey let me let me hire the first person that can fog a mirror yep. and I would bet other organizations just in baseball mm -hmm. are just looking for hands they're just looking for people that can do things but yeah. you guys don't do that you look for people that are going to be the right fit so tell me how mm -hmm. you start that it's absolutely structured but in a good way and and I'm not trying to speak poorly about any of our, our partners in baseball, mm -hmm. but we've, we have people reach out to us and go, obviously, you guys are doing something right in Pensacola. Mm -hmm. What is it? I've had the Pittsburgh Pirates call me. I've had, you know, the Atlanta Braves call. So it's wow. not just minor league ball. It's major league to reach yeah. out and say, what are you guys doing in Pensacola? Mm -hmm. It all starts with that standards of behavior that mm -hmm. we talk about. There are 10 standards of behavior that this is our foundation. Okay. So if a person walks into our front office and says, can I have an application to work with you? The answer is no, they can't have that just yet. You can have this information about our standards of behavior. Read through that. If you think that you can adhere to that, then absolutely. And it's not nine out of 10. I think I can do eight out of 10 of them. You know, it's all 10. Um, wow. If they can't sign off on that sheet, then 
there's no sense in wasting their time or our time going any right. further. So it really starts with that standards of behavior, yeah. you know, commitment to coworkers, commitment to the guests, commitment to appearance. And, and, uh, and that's really the engine that drives mm-hmm. us a lot mm-hmm. of the time. That's really cool. Cause that is very different. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, most of the times people put applications on the website, right? You know, Hey, I can just applicate, you know, download an application and turn it in. Mm-hmm. And it's much more reactive that mm-hmm. way. Right. I think what you guys are doing are, are setting the tone mm-hmm. clear, being clear about exactly what you're asking for too. That right. transparency, I think sometimes isn't always done in the employment world. Absolutely. And then I would bet that that translates to better quality people. Well, absolutely. And it helps us weed things out. And it's not just a, a one-step process either. It's not like, okay, they've signed that standards of you know, behavior and then they get their application. They come in. It's actually a, a three-step process where they come in, do the first step, and we have these positions open. So let's get, you know, 10 candidates in for this one position or whatever the ratio is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll glean out of that first round, you know, okay, we think these people are really, really like-minded to what we're trying to do. Let's have them come back for a second round and then talk to them about situationally driven questions. So tell us about a time when mm-hmm. uh, you didn't get along with a coworker and how'd you handle that? Or uh, can you tell us a time when you had to break the rules? Why did you and what was the outcome of it? That sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? So, and then after that second step, then those who make it past that or we think, okay, they there's somebody we think would stand behind what we're trying to do. We'll have them back for the critical part, which I think is our, our most important step is the peer review process. So mm-hmm. the people they'll actually be working with, we'll sit in a room with them and ask them more situa- situationally driven questions mm-hmm. and then actually sign off. Yes, I, I can absolutely see this person on our team or I'm not sure how they made that made it this far in the process because it's not going to work out with them, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. that part is really critical to the team coming together and solidifying and saying, this is our team and we want that person on our team. Right. Because once the onboarding process is through, we'll pair them up with somebody who's been here at the, at the um, team for a long time and say, this is a veteran. This is Jim. He's a, he's been here for five years with us. He's going to show you what right looks like. We'll go mm-hmm. through, you know, formal training and everything, but mm-hmm. having that shadowing opportunity is really, really important. And well, and you get a lot of buy-in too, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you're doing a number of different things. You're getting, you're getting buy-in, you're being transparent about what you're looking for when you're, when you're asking, you know, for employees to, you know, potential employees to come to you. Mm-hmm. But then you're also spreading the work over a number of different people. So right. you're able to get, you know, you're able to get multiple opinions mm-hmm. about the same candidate from different people. Cause I would bet, you know, I know for me in the job situation, you know, I'm a great interviewee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if I meet with several different people, of course, they're going to learn something a little bit different about each one of them is going right. to uncover something a little different about me. That's right. just human interaction. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Once you've got that buy-in, that the people who actually said, yes, I want this person on the team, it's in their best interest to make sure that that's going to work too, you know, but, and, and, and I don't mean, that sounds kind of threatening the way I said that. I I don't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. What I mean is they want to see that person genuinely want to see that person succeed because they have signed off on that. Right. 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 And, uh, and credit to our team members too, especially those who have been with us for season after season, they take pride in anything that they can do to try to make the team better. It's a really, really tight knit group. And mm-hmm. and I just am so honored to be able to work with them, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I see them game in and game out and the things that they do, you know, it's not, it's not always easy, you know, uh, being an usher, for example, at the stadium, sure. you know, there's a lot of conflict that comes up yeah. throughout games and our staff mm-hmm. is equipped to handle it and handles it well. You know, right. we use a metric called a net promoter score that I talked about in that article. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the net promoter score is really an, a simple equation, right? So the equation is how many people coming through the gates to see a Blue Wahoos game are promoting your business? And, and then it's a it's an equation where on a scale of one to 10, and they're rating us on all these different things, right? Mm-hmm. The nines and the tens are your people who are your promoters. They're out there saying, if you mm-hmm. go to Pensacola and do nothing else, make sure you go to a Blue Wahoos game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, and then you have your sevens and your eights, and that's fine. We'll take them off the shelf for right now. But anything six and and below is called a detractor, right? So those are the mm-hmm. people going, I don't know, if you're in Pensacola, if you have a chance, catch a game, or it might be, you know, people towards the ones and the twos that might be saying, go have a root canal before you go to a Blue Wahoos <laughs> game, right? So obviously we want to convert all those people to nines and tens. But sure. anyway, when you do, you take the promoters and subtract out the detractors, you get a score, right? Now, Disney, the Ritz-Carlton, um, you know, Amazon.com, they all rate in the mid-60s. Up until last year, we were at 85. 
Wow. And 80, 85 is great. But this last season, our ushers, our staff, everybody who works at the ballpark there took us to a 90.1, which is wow. absolutely unheard of to the point where the surveying company who tracks this for us, right, called and said, what are you guys doing? Because I want you guys, <laughs> we've got all these other teams asking us too. So can you talk to them? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm so proud of our team. I, I really am thrilled to work with such a great bunch. And it all comes back again to those standards of behavior. They're all committed to those. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it makes it a full rounded process. I really mean, does. they're involved in the hiring, mm-hmm. you know, so then they can't complain when an employee comes in, a potential mm-hmm. employee comes in and maybe things aren't quite going right instead of them being trying to get this person out. They're actually trying to help because, you know, things, things happen and, and, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, people come in and maybe they miss that one day of training where you taught, you know, the, the, you know, really important thing. So they're not accessing that real well, or they're not exhibiting the right behavior. Right. So it creates loyalty within the employees so that instead of, instead of ganging up and getting that person out, because clearly they're not performing right like we want them to mm-hmm. in the team, well, then let's bring them in right. and let's work with them and let's help, let's help them instead of um, putting it, then putting it on the management shoulders to say, okay, you know, we got a bad seed. Right. You know, what do we do? We actively, I mean, we are so in tune with our staff, you know, and it's mm-hmm. exactly that if we have something going on, either I'll reach out to the person and say, Hey, I've noticed this is going on. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about it. You mm-hmm. know, Nine times out of 10, the standards of behavior are used for a positive light, right. you know, but mm-hmm. sometimes I have to use it, unfortunately, in a disciplinary light. Sure. And it comes in handy as a conversation starter. You know, I might have a uh, commitment to appearance is one of them, and I might have somebody showing up disheveled. Well, mm-hmm. I can sit them down and talk to them and say, you know, I understand maybe you're working another job and you didn't have time to do this, but, you know, looking at it from a fan standpoint, they see you showing up. This is how your appearance is. It mm-hmm. looks bad on all of us. And you remember you signed that commitment to appearance. So let's, you know, do better going forward and that type of thing. So it's really a way to delicately open an awkward conversation with mm-hmm. an employee who might not be holding up their end of the bargain. Right. You know, right. so absolutely, that comes in very, very handy. How often do you have to do that? Like, I know, um, like it, where I am being late is mm-hmm. a big deal. And, and if we have, and I would expect, you know, for a game, it's not like you guys can just hold up, you right. know, five minutes because here's this employee that's not quite there yeah. on time. So how, what do you do with repeat behavior and, and how often do you let it happen before you, you know, we have, have to make harder decisions? Un- yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we have the tools in place and transparency is huge for us, right? Mm-hmm. So we're never going to hit anybody out of left field and, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's never going to be one of these things right? Um, where they're just automatically let go unless it's a very severe sure. situation, yeah. right? But fortunately, my staff is so wonderful that, you know, I've got a really good team in place. The disciplinary conversations are few and far between anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had them in past seasons where they were a little bit more frequent. But last mm-hmm. season, you know, I think maybe twice or three times I had to talk to mm-hmm. somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But using those again as the basis for opening the conversation is really handy. Um, you were talking about we can't hold up a game. We, we really can't. I mean, yeah. we will be fined by our <laughs> league if we start late, sure. you know, because all sorts of implications come in. Maybe the yep. it's the last game of the homestand and the visiting team has to get on a bus. And we're, if we're late for any reason, that's going to, you know, be could turn into a dangerous situation for them driving sure. at night and long sure. distances. So anyway, um, we've had it in the past where somebody is consistently late. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have the conversation with them and, and connect the whys. Okay, I understand that you might not realize it's a big deal. So let me clarify it for you. Okay, mm-hmm. you coming in late is holding us up from proceeding with our huddle or our opening mm-hmm. game um, conversations or anything like that. We can't be delayed. You're putting us in a bad situation, you know. Mm-hmm. If they continue to repeat, you know, the, if we have a disciplinary conversation, it'll go into the employee's file, right? Mm-hmm. If we have a second one, it'll be another mm-hmm. right up in their file. But the mm-hmm. third time is really, you know, it's a repeat behavior. You don't mm-hmm. seem interested in changing it. So right. we're going to have to make a hard decision here. Right. So fortunately, that doesn't happen too often. We have, mm-hmm. like I said, one of the best staffs in baseball. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and it seems like you're always, <laughs> you know, bringing up again, that commitment, you know, mm-hmm. to those behaviors. So it is, it's not out of left field. And I know I sat down with <clears> Quint <throat> one day and he said, whenever you fire somebody, they should know when yeah. you start that conversation that they're about to be fired. I yeah. mean, it shouldn't come as a, you know, as a surprise. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, I've been late four times or right. whatever, you know. And and like you said, you know, if you're having conversations with them at every mm-hmm. offense, then it's not, you yeah. know, out of the blue. 
Yeah. And, and honestly, Colleen, you know, it's been that that employee is never going to be surprised. They know Mm -hmm. Donna wants to talk to me again. I know Mm -hmm. what this is probably about. And nine times out of 10, they will self-eliminate. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't even get to the part where I'm going to have to say, you know, we're going to have to let you go because they'll just realize, look, I see the writing on the wall. I can't commit to this, you know, and it's not anything. It's just sometimes maybe they've got external issues going on that that's preventing them from really being able to hold up their end of the bargain on those standards of behavior. So it's not always, you know, they're not terrible people. It's just life happens Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. just things have changed for them. So absolutely. But we never want to we're always concerned about how that person is going to be doing. So we never want to be surprising them with anything and they never are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's good. That's good. Well, let's talk a little bit more um, about the fan side because yeah. that's the side that has to do with the surveys. It does. Yeah. So I know in this article, I was fascinated. I think surveys are are phenomenal mm-hmm. and you guys do such a great job. Thank you. So tell me why you think that they're so important. It, be, it keeps those lines of communication open, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really interesting. We don't just survey the fans. We survey the fans after every single game, of course. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's really funny. I'm not sure if I told you the story or not, but I went for, you know, just a routine checkup over the hospital and stuff. And I'm filling out paperwork and I write, you know, I work for the Blue Wahoos. And yeah. so the girl's checking me in and stuff. And she goes, Donna Kirby. She goes, you're the survey lady, you know, so... <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad or what it is, but I thought that was funny. And I told her, I said, well, I hope your scoring is high, you know. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's not just with the fans. We consistently reach out to our staff too and and ask them to give us a report card as your leadership team. You know, how are we doing? Because Mm -hmm. we want you happy here. We firmly believe you're happy. You're going to make our fans happy, you know. Mm So um, we will reach out right about maybe two months into the season. and, And it's a 67 question survey that the that the team, the employees get from a third-party firm called Spurduto and Associates out of Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. We never see anything. They fill out the forms. They're mailed off. I never see them. They're filled out anonymously. It's not like we can ever tie them back Mm -hmm. to anybody, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's that that trust that they have that my feedback is going to be sincere, you know? So we'll, uh, it breaks it down to all sorts of categories. Is communication working? Is my leadership management, do they care about me as a person? You know, um, all 67 questions that are kind of diced up into, I think it's five or six different categories. So we'll get the results back from that yeah. and then actually do a rollout with the fan, with the fans, with the employees and say, we hear, you know, you told us this is what we're doing well, mm-hmm. but you also told us here's what we do need to do to improve. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, um, we'll work with them on the top three things or the top five things that they say, you know, this is a concern for us. And, and here are my suggestions on how you can make it better for us here at work because mm-hmm. we truly want it to be the best place for them to work. Right. And not just in baseball, but in America. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. You and mm-hmm. I hadn't talked about what you're doing to survey the employees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's really, that's it's really cool. interesting process. We as front office employees fill it out on our, our executive leadership mm-hmm. as well. Um, just so we're all staying on the same page, you know, and that transparency again, again is really key. Yeah. Um, we'll survey sponsors. We'll survey um, just about any faction of the business, we Mm -hmm. want to know, you know, tell us how we can make this better for you, you know? And I think when we're doing those surveys out to the fans, that's really the critical part of it too, you know? Not that all of it isn't, but especially that, you know, what did what did we do right is great to hear. And that's where our reward and recognition plays in Mm -hmm. a lot. We hear about how, you know, there's no way I can be all over that stadium uh, throughout a game. But if something great is happening in section 113, and I hear about it on a survey, I will make sure to reward and recognize that usher or that security uh, staff member or, Absolutely. you know, cleaning crew member, whoever helped out over there. Right. We, we will put them on the dugout there. Um, but really where the rubber meets the road, too, is on the what can we do better for your next experience with us here at the Blue Wahoos. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's uh, I'll, I have to say it's very entertaining sometimes, too. So we'll get the comments <laughs> back and you'd, sure. you'd, you'd love some of these comments. But I think it's neat that we've got this 24-hour turnaround time where we get something that is really catching our eye that we need to talk to this family. We've got 24 hours to reach out to them and contact them and say, what would right look like? I'm sorry about what happened. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about your experience sure. and, and all that stuff? Ten times out of ten times, the first thing the person says is, you guys actually read those? Yeah, no kidding. You know, they no, can't I'm believe sure. it. They can't yeah. believe it. So uh, we we actually walk the walk. You know, we want mm-hmm. to hear back and truly enjoy communicating with our fans. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been, you know, we've had some really touching stories come out of that, entertaining, funny stories. The surveys oh, are, sure. are wonderful. I enjoy yeah. them a lot. Well, and just like this article in the in the magazine, it's... it's um, 
if you if you think as a business owner you know better than your customer does, mm-hmm. then who's going to shop at your business? Right. You right. know, so if you it makes sense that if you gear your business to be receptive to what your customer wants, well Absolutely. then you're going to make your current customers happy, but you're also going to attract other people because right. If people are honest and they tell you what they want, well, then how hard is it to create that business around what they want? Right, exactly. Your customers are a valuable tool for you to make your product better, you mm-hmm. know, and, and mm-hmm. that's what our goal is, right? And so, and so a lot of the times I think the key is removing the ego out of the equation. Well, I was just going to ask about that because I'm sure there's times where people say things and you, and you, I mean, just whoever is responsible for, you know, that discussion, but mm-hmm. you think, oh, we can't do that because that's not what we do. Um, Do you have to take a lot of that out of it? Absolutely. 100% of the time you have to because it it goes back to that old saying, perception is reality, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody's telling you something's bad, regardless if it is or not, you may know what the true story is behind it. In their mind, it is bad, right? So it's the onus is on us to figure out how to couch that conversation with the fan or whoever's giving mm-hmm. you the feedback and to fix whatever is going on with that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times it's surprising too when you're talking to somebody and they're upset about, you know, what's going on and I'll think, well, yeah, that that is wrong. I don't know how we let that slip through, you know? Sure. And so I agree with them and they don't know what to do with that. They're, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm not getting a fight yeah. from her. No, I absolutely, you know, we should have done that better and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to so-and-so and we're going to try to figure out how we can do this better. Yeah. Let me stay in touch with you and give you updates on how we're correcting that. But thank you for bringing that to our right. attention. And I think that's pretty, I think that's realistic. I think a lot of times with surveys, it's a natural instinct when you get that bad feedback mm-hmm. that right away you want to defend right. what happened, whether right. it was your staff member that did something incorrectly mm-hmm. or whether your staff member did something correctly and maybe this person perceived it in a mm-hmm. different way. And, yeah. and, you know, and maybe you want to just defend, oh, well, you know, the staff person did this because of this reason. Well, that's not the problem. The yeah. problem is that that fan, that customer felt Right. A different reaction. Right. Exactly. So arguing with them, I don't know, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't it doesn't make them happy. It, no. it might make you feel more justified, but but it wouldn't make them happy. And if the goal is to make them happy, then. Right. Well, and, and I think the goal is to make them happy, but to also have the resolution. Right. right. So right there. I will never escalate a, a conversation. If I have a dissatisfied fan in front of me, I don't, he doesn't want to be dissatisfied. I don't want to be yelled at, you know, that's not benefiting either one of us. So let's, that perception is reality is where it all starts. Let's figure out what's going on and then figure out the steps to improve this. You know, maybe, you know, I think it's easy for a lot of us, not just the staff or anything, but it's easy for a lot of us who are, you know, offering this product out there Mm -hmm. to know all of the things that went on behind the scenes and we went through this, we did this, we did that, but now we're being criticized for something naturally. It's like, you don't know what I did. Well, how would they know? You know, there's no way they would know. Exactly. And it doesn't matter, but that perception is reality is what it comes down to. Well, and I bet you probably, how do you handle it when you have a situation where you get two different opinions about Mm -hmm. something? You know, I'm sure in the surveys, you've got people that are just elated about something and then somebody that's upset about that same exact thing. It's it's funny when we get those comments back in, we see it, it happens. They will be line by line. So this comment might be saying, your hot dogs were cold and they were awful last night. And then Mm -hmm. the very next comment that we are receiving on the results says, those were the best hot dogs I've ever eaten. Where can I get them? You know, (laughs) so... It's really, yeah, what do you do with that? You have to take it separately. That person replying the negative feedback doesn't know anything about that positive comment, number one. To them, Mm -hmm. those were terrible. They were cold, Mm -hmm. right? So if I will reach out to that person and say, hey, I am so sorry that you had that experience and I appreciate you bringing that to our attention because obviously we don't want to put a bad product out there and we pride ourselves on on being in, uh, you know, world class ballpark. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll usually ask them when they're coming back to a new, the next ball, Blue Wahoos game and then give them a food voucher. Let us have another chance to show you what right looks like mm-hmm. and that we can do better and why we pride ourselves on being the best in the industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, just again, that opens conversation with them. They might want to give us more feedback. You know, when I was in, you know, Toledo, this is what the mud hens used to do or right. something like right. that. And maybe it's just venting for them, but honestly, sure. we can get ideas. Hey, absolutely. Maybe there's something that happened in Toledo that we're not doing that we can incorporate here that makes our product even better. So it's uh, taking that information again, removing that ego and really, truly listening to what's being said to Mm -hmm. try to come to the. 
how, resolution. How well can you investigate that? Use that exact same example. Okay, this one person thought the hot dogs were horrible. Do you know where they got the hot dogs? Like, we'll ask the survey. Them. Okay, yeah. so you'll go into that detail so then you can investigate. Well, why yes. would his experience been different than Absolutely. some other fan? And maybe even track down the time of the evening that he got his hot dog. That's, I mean, do you go to that kind of detail I'm gu- with it? I'm going to hire you, Colleen, because that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what we do. That's we'll awesome. ask them, hey, you know, really sorry you had this bad experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Did you get it at the port side, side grill? Mm-hmm. Was it at starboard side? You know, right. about what inning do you think you were there? Because right. we'll go back and look and, and say, you know, maybe there was something, maybe a power outlet went out. Sure. You know, maybe yeah. something like that maybe happened. They and- cooked 50 hot dogs and they should only cook 20. Right. You know, or or whatever. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, so it really gives us some information to be able to check into that a little bit more. That's really cool. And That's it was really, really cool. funny. I'm not sure if I told you this story. We had a situation a couple of seasons ago anywhere where uh, it was actually a uh, positive comment that was a critical learning for us. And what it was, was a fan and his wife had come down from Cincinnati because we're a Reds affiliate. They wanted mm-hmm. to see a Blue Wahoos game and sure. heard great things and all this. So. Yeah got here and said they were going to have a hot dog. He's writing all this on his comments, right? They were going to have a hot dog. But we had this condiment that they loved so much that they ended up, each of them had three hot dogs, right? (laughs) And he can't find this condiment anywhere in the stores and doesn't know, you know, uh, where he can find it. So he's hoping we can tell them who the vendor is. We're like, well, you know, I called him. I said, can you tell us a little bit more about what this is? So he described it to us. It was this clear jelly and it was delicious. And we had three hot dogs, da, da, da. We went up and looked at our condiment stand and he had actually put hand sanitizer on his hot dogs. Oh my right? goodness. And loved it and thought it was oh great. Gosh. So we had a good laugh about it. No lie. We had a, a good laugh about it, but wow. it was a critical learning for us that maybe we shouldn't have that hand sanitizer as so close, close to the to ketchup the and mustard. Exactly. You know? so wow. We, yeah. So we called him back. Did with, you tell him that he used hand sanitizer? Absolutely. In his hot dog? And the, tran- wow. the transparency. So I called him back. Have you now started bottling hand sanitizer for <laughs> hot dog condiment use? <laughs> we haven't done that yet, but let me write that down. Me, that's a good idea. No. It could be a million dollar idea. There you go. There you go. And clean you in. Clean you out from the inside. That's right. Well, we call. I called him back and said, you know, kind of a good news, bad news thing. The good news is that was 10 days ago and you're not sick. So congratulations. Right, you know, right. and the bad news is it was hand sanitizer and he was just silent on the other end of the phone. Oh and then goodness. he started laughing. He goes, I can't believe I did that. So he was really nice. <laughs> he didn't do thankful. it once. He did it three times. And his wife, too. And all his wife. Both of them did. So <laughs> anyway, and they've, they since came back and they have a That's great time funny. every time they come to visit. That's so funny. Well, I have a good story about... Um, I think some feedback. I don't remember if I ever did this or not, but um, we're we're season ticket holders, yes. my husband and I. Thank so you. we've been, yeah, I think we've been three seasons now, maybe. I don't think quite four because you guys are, this will be your sixth this season. This is our sixth season. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think three or maybe four, but um, um, I love to go and get um popcorn. That's yeah. like my thing. It's like I save up my, you know, not eating any popcorn so I could come to the game and eat popcorn. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So we're usually my husband and I, and we're big refill people. So we'll do the refills on the cokes and mm-hmm. we'll do the the um popcorn. And um, but we hate standing in line with mm-hmm. everybody that's ordering, you know, everything for their entire family. Sure. And so I had mentioned to somebody that'd be great to have like a season ticket refill line. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I just mentioned it in my head and, um, lo and behold, the next game, there was a a line that was specifically for refills on drinks and popcorn. And we called it the Colleen Edwards Chesney (laughs) uh, refill line. I really wish y'all did, but I don't, I don't remember if I actually vocalized that to anybody. I think I was talking to... Amber McClure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned it to her and I told her, I said, well, I really need to email Donna. I remember yeah. saying that because I knew you were the one that does all the surveys. Yeah. But I don't know if I ever really did or not. Yeah. But I remember when they put it in place and I said something to somebody and they said, well, yeah, we've had several people suggest that. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think it was me, but it's an, it was an awesome thing, but Good. I was amazed at how quickly it happened. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we like that, you know, and yeah. we'll act on the survey comments. We did hear that quite a bit on surveys and I that's bet. what prompted yeah. us yeah. to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm glad that that was satisfying to you as well. Yeah. So, and it, it really is, it is astounding to the fans sometimes when we can turn things away like that. In our yeah. first season, you know, this was a, a, le- a learning for us too. We heard from, on the surveys, our hill friend, fans sitting on the Hill, Kelly Hill, yeah. would write in and say, we can't see the scoreboard. We hadn't thought about that when we right. designed the stadium, right? right? So they're underneath the scoreboard. They, there's no way they can see it. Right. So the team went on a 10-game road trip. While the team was on a 10-game road trip, we had a scoreboard brought in and installed. And when the fans came back, they were just blown away. They couldn't believe it. But we're like, you know, thankful to them that 
folks pointed it out to us. Sure. Like, we should have, we should have caught that. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. You know, so. Well, and that's another great example too of how quickly you're able to implement some of these suggestions, mm-hmm. because I think that's happened a lot that people don't, number one, they don't survey as often as you guys probably do. Right. Um, and then once they get ideas, then maybe they, you know, put them in a pile and they've got to research it and then they've got to talk to maybe the board or it's got to go through all these different channels and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they may have great intentions mm-hmm. of implementing these things, but if it doesn't happen quickly, I would bet it really reduces that opportunity to impress that, you know, that person that suggested it. And you're absolutely right. And it actually works as um, a whiplash for you too, because Mm -hmm. not only are they not feeling that they were heard, they resent the fact that they weren't heard. Right. So you're actually realize that they were heard, but they aren't seeing the changes. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so that transparency is something I think you'll see going into effect a lot more to this season where we try to reach out as much as we can on social media. Hey, we've, you know, our radar gun went down, for example, Mm -hmm. right? And it, mm-hmm. it sounds funny, but there's only two companies in the States that can manufacture a radar gun sure. that we can use, right? Mm-hmm. That's approved. So anyway, the part that we needed to fix the radar gun was on back order. We couldn't get it and all that stuff. And we kept hearing, why aren't, why aren't, isn't the pitch being shown? You know, the right. speed of the pitch. Because I was going to say the radar gun is what tracks how fast the pitch is. It does, yes. And there are people, I know I'm one of them, that I look and I'll stare at that scoreboard until that number pops up yep. before I look back at the live action that's happening right in front of me. It's amazing. It's yeah. actually one of the most viewed things on our video board. Oh, you know? wow. It really is. So when that gun went down and we couldn't get the part that we needed to fix it. We Mm -hmm. heard about it quite a bit. So that's when we stepped up and said, hey, we hear you. You know, we're Mm -hmm. really sorry. We can't get this from anybody. It's not like we can go to Walmart and get the part. Sure. Yeah. Uh, We just can't get it from the manufacturer fast enough. But this Mm -hmm. is what we're trying to do. This is what we anticipated when we anticipate that it'll be in. And so that kind of takes the edge off of it. You know, as long as they know that we're working towards fixing whatever their dissatisfier is. Right. That's fine. That's great. But, you know, Quint talks um, sometimes in his speeches about an example, he had, he went to New Orleans and he went to his hotel room and the remote wasn't working on his, on his television, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, called the desk and the desk had a new remote up to his room in, I don't know, 30 seconds, it seemed like. He mm-hmm. said very, very quickly. And mm-hmm. sure enough, he was able to watch his TV and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He got a survey and that stuck out in his mind. He goes, you know, I scored them higher because they reacted so quickly than I probably sure. would have had that issue not happened. Right, right. So we face that a lot too. And, and, our intent, and I think any any business that's looking to improve their product, you need to truly be interested in hearing that feedback and reacting mm-hmm. to it. Otherwise, why are you asking? Right. Don't ask. Right. Then, exactly. You know, and yeah. if you want to improve your product, you've got to hear. There's no way, like you were saying earlier, there's no way you can know everything that's going on. No. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in a business or you mm-hmm. can't be everywhere all at once. So right. hearing this feedback from the people who are out there yeah. is critical. Does that also pave the path for them to continue to give you valuable feedback? Yes. Does it kind of, I mean, do you feel that sometimes people put up a little bit of a wall with surveys? Like, you know, I'm either going to be more mean than normal because I'm really mad or I'm going to be less honest because Mm -hmm. I really don't know if they're going to read them or if they're really going to react or anything like that. Well, we like to feel that at this point in our, you know, we've been around like we just were talking about, we've closed five seasons going into Mm -hmm. our sixth. And Mm -hmm. so at this point, I think we've done a pretty good job of establishing the fact that we truly want to hear. We're genuine in our our, um, appreciative inquiries is Mm -hmm. what we call it internally, Mm -hmm. right? So um, we're asking you. So I think what's happening now is we've, I don't want to say we've educated the fans because I don't, that just doesn't sound wrong, right, but right, that's kind right. of what it is. We've educated Maybe them to the fact that we really, yeah, that we mm-hmm. really do want to hear from them. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we do see instances of people who are a lot braver behind the keyboard than when I, I sure. will see them on the concourse. And you get to know who they are, and I'll see yeah. them on the concourse and say, hey, I saw your comment that you wrote last night. Can you tell me a little bit more about it, right? And, I, you know, that happens. And I think that that comes from frustration and, you know. Sure. To, you know, if they're frustrated, then we have a problem because we oh, want, yeah. we don't want anybody coming and being frustrated at right. anything we're doing. We want Absolutely. to fix it. So yeah. um, it's just building that trust with the fans and letting them know that we're genuine in what we want to do. We want to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that helps. It, it helps because I think a lot of times when they're, when you're not talking to them face to face, you mm-hmm. are going to get, you know, more critical comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the good side of that is, they're going to give you more critical comments, which mm-hmm. means you have even a bigger opportunity um, to, you know, to really look at yourself and see what, you know, what may not be 
happening exactly like you thought right, or you right. were trained for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it helps us. It really just makes us better. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I work with a, a group of perfectionists. The, the you know, department heads who I work with are really good people who truly want to put the best product out there. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's a challenge for them. I don't want to hear those comments. And how did I let that get by? Oh my gosh, I've got to fix this. Right, so right. it's, uh, it, you know, they truly want to be the best of the best and, yeah. and have the best out there for Pensacola. That's huge. I think having that passion, I, it just, to me, it comes back to that hiring process. If mm-hmm. you can hire people that are passionate, if you hire for passion first and less for skill, mm-hmm. you know, then that continues to carry through. And then there's, yeah. you build in that natural ownership. You do. You yeah. absolutely do. And, mm-hmm. and uh, skill versus will is something we talk about quite mm-hmm. a bit, you know, skill mm-hmm. versus will. You can train on skills, but if the will's not there, your skills aren't going to go anywhere, right? right? So you're absolutely right. That hiring process brings the people on board who are committed. Who mm-hmm. really have a vested interest in making this the best ballpark right. and organization out there? So, right. uh, train on the skills, can't train on the will. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or, or difficult or, to train on. I the was going to say, yeah, yeah, I think you can train on will, but it's oh, and it's so much more expensive. Mm-hmm. I it mean, really the, is. the amount of loss, not only in training time, but then also in you know potential. Um, um, you know, uh, infection to the rest of the staff, Absolutely. Or, you know, the mood of the everything it can, it can completely change if you've got somebody in there that doesn't have those right, you know, um, will behind it. Absolutely. You know, I had an employee one time who, um, we do, we do a thing called rounding where mm-hmm. we go around and talk to the employees, you know, in real time and say, tell us what, you know, what's working for you. Do you have right. the tools and equipment you need and all that stuff. So I had this one, uh, game day staffer who I would go and talk to and consistently, he'd say, everything's fine. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. No problems, right? But mm-hmm. just his body language, his overall tone, everything was telling me otherwise. Right. So I called him up one afternoon and I said, hey, you know, I know our report time is at 5, but do you mind coming in at 4.30? I'd like to have a one-on-one. We'll just, you know, real casual, we'll just talk about some stuff. And, and he said, yeah, no, I, I think I can do that. So he came in and I explained to him, I said, you know, I'm asking in the rounding you know, sessions, is everything okay? And you're telling me it is, but I don't think it is. And and he goes, no, it is. I said, well, I said, I want to dig a little bit deeper because I I really feel like there's something and I want to make sure I'm doing, you know, the best job that I can to make this a place where you want to work, right? So he hemmed and they thought a little bit about it. And Colleen, he reaches in his pocket and takes out a notepad and he'd written down all these grievances that he had. Wow. It had to be three pages long. And things, I guess he didn't feel comfortable bringing up Mm -hmm. in the moment or something. Mm -hmm. But once he understood that I really wanted to hear from him, he opened up, right? So sure enough, and and I'm watching that clock tick and thinking, well, we've got our five o'clock meeting come, but I'm going to answer every single one of these questions that he has because I want him to understand where, you know, my heart is and that I I value him as an employee and I want to hear his grievances. So we went through everything. And a lot of them were um, tied back to financial things. You know, that's a great idea if we did this, but let's run the numbers first and I'll I'll run the numbers and I'll get back to you. So Mm -hmm. I did. And I I explained to him it would be a $17,500 investment if we did this idea. And and, wow, the lights went on. Well, Mm -hmm. don't you know that every season since that conversation, he's just been A plus. And I mean, and I've heard nothing but comment after comment after comment on the surveys where before he was much more... um, showing up, doing his job and going home, right? Mm-hmm. Loved having him on the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. so, I mean, that really, that made us feel good, you know, that that uh, he was able to be turned around like that. And and uh, we that's what we look for. Again, our hearts Absolutely. are in it, you know. We talk a lot too about having employees who are satisfied versus, versus having employees who are engaged, okay? So yeah. you, you're satisfied employees, that's great. They like working here and that's fine. They come and they clock in, they do their job and they go. That's great. We need that, right? Mm-hmm. However, the engaged employees are those employees who are coming in and are not only doing the job, but are enthusiastic about the job, have the right attitude, are welcoming, making the fans feel like they're coming to their living room, you know, and outside of work, they're out there talking about, do you know what we're doing at the ballpark next week? We're going to have so-and-so thrown out a first pitch. And did you hear that, you know, they're bringing Mm -hmm. this food back and, you know, talking Mm -hmm. actively. Mm -hmm. And it's from, it's not doing it because they have to, you know, we don't Mm -hmm. ever require them to, but because they want to. Right. They feel that good about what they're doing for the community and for, you know, just you know, yeah, in their role. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Is that the difference between somebody who traditionally like on a on an evaluation would be a meets expectation versus somebody that's like an exceeds expectation? Yes. Do you translate it the same way? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. And, and so and the difference is, yeah, the meets expectations would absolutely be, you the know, guy before he gave you all the great feedback. Exactly. But then the great feedback, it's um, he's going to be meeting expectations, but it just has that X factor. He's, right. you know, out there 
promoting us, you know, and, right. and talking about it. But again, not because he's required to, but because he wants to. Right. And, right. you know, we want people to, they take pride in their work. They really mm-hmm. do. They take pride in their work. And I love that. You know, they'll come to me in real time and ask questions. Hey, can, why can't we do this? Or why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, why can't we do that? You know, right. let me That's go see how we can idea. make that happen, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's because it's all driven off of the pride that they take in their work. And that's why we're driving those numbers because mm-hmm. of that staff that's doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, and that is another one of those tools. When you say rounding, mm-hmm. you know, I think about the healthcare industry, right? Yeah. Um, because that's one of the things that, that well-known in the mm-hmm. healthcare industry, but then that's something that you were able to, you know, they Quint was able to bring back into. Right you know, into the ball field. Yeah. The term rounding actually came from the hospitals, the doctors yeah. making the rounds and the nurses making, making rounds. the rounds and yeah. stuff. And that's where the yeah. rounding, and we have a rounding log and then we take the information that we get from the rounding log and from the employee feedback that we get, mm-hmm. that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And we do another thing called stoplight reporting. Well, the mm-hmm. stoplight reporting is really another transparency mechanism that will tell you, tell the employees I've heard your idea. This is where we stand with it. And so green means, yeah, that was a go. We were absolutely able to find the funding for that or Mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do. Yellow means it's still a work in progress. We're still Mm -hmm. checking it out, but thanks for bringing it to our attention. Red Mm -hmm. means, no, we can't do it and here's why, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's always connecting that why and explaining to them, you know, we can't do it because it's cost prohibitive or, you know, it's, um, it's a lot of times it's something, you know, a lot of folks don't realize in the merchandise store, for example, we're bound to sell product by approved licensed vendors, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you know, somebody might come and say, you know, my sister makes these beautiful coconut ornaments. I'm using sure. a real example. This is a real example. <laughs> my sister makes these beautiful coconut ornaments and they are, they're gorgeous and everything. Um, can we sell them in your store? They're Pensacola specific. We would love to. I mean, they are, they're, they're beautiful. However, it's not approved out of St. Petersburg by minor league baseball mm-hmm. using a vendor that they've sourced. And it's not right. them trying to be a pain, but they're making sure that, you know, they're not, using vendors that are, um, you know, violating child labor laws or, sure. you know, using flammable product or something right. like that. So it's not that they're trying to be, but they want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. So anyway, um, we've had employees, I've had employees come to me, why can't we sell something in the shop? Well, it's not an approved vendor. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a process you have to go to mm-hmm. through to become a, an approved vendor. But mm-hmm. a lot of times they won't do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's being honest. I mean, you know, back in the day, people might say, well, it's none of your business. You, you, you know, we just can't. But, right. but yeah. actually telling them why, yep. you know, they, why, you know, there, there are restrictions and, you know, and hey, this is just how yeah. this particular business is a little different than maybe, you know, something that you could do at, at Bodacious or, you know, something different in, in a different area. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, yeah, I think a lot of times that I've seen in, you know, in my past business experience and, and, you know, I see maybe as a customer, you know, out there in the retail world or something Mm -hmm. like that, I'll get a question from um, a staff member, for example, and you can't be afraid to say, I don't know that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that comes up a lot too. You know, you might not, there's no way you're going to know everything, right? Right. But don't be afraid to say, I don't know. I don't know, but let me get back to you because I want to know too. Let's figure this out. Let's find out what's going on. And we talk about real big about we, they, right? Mm -hmm. And we, they is something that we just don't, won't tolerate it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, uh, if somebody comes up to me and says, um, you know, Donna, why can't we take a 30 minute break or 45 minute break? You know, well, Jonathan won't let you. That's never anything that I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm, cause then I'm not being a leader. You right. Know? Right. So I'll explain to them, well, a 45 minute break, you know, would be, you know, wouldn't work for us because our games are about three hours long. We need to make sure for the safety and security of our fans that we've got somebody in place throughout the stadium all the time and just kind of walk them through it. But mm-hmm. we, they is something that we try to steer clear of. You know, we don't let people carry other people's messages, you know. Mm-hmm. So if somebody has a problem, I've had it where a staff member will come to me and say, you know, everybody's really upset about X, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's going on. And I'll dig a little bit deeper too and say, well, you know, I really need to know more about this. Who's everybody? Well, it's three of us. We'll have those three people come and schedule a meeting. We'll sit down and talk about it. But, I, you know, I'm not going to go any further with this until we can have a face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. So really putting that into place and explaining that it's really in the best interest of the team to not have you carrying other people's messages because... Right. They can be convoluted. They can sure. be taken out of context. All yep. sorts of things can come from that. So yep. 
we talk about this through our training sessions. We actively talk about it in our huddle sessions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a lot of moving parts, but a lot of things that tie in directly together too. Well, and it sounds like it's consistent training, and and mm-hmm. it's not just okay. We're gonna have you know we're gonna hire you and go through this process. You mm-hmm. know that we already talked about about how you hire, and then we're gonna train you, and then you're gonna know everything, and we just expect you to act like this. Right. You're constantly going back and reinforcing. Yeah these same principles and these same values and these same procedures, I would right. bet often. No, absolutely. And you know what? Procedures will change sometimes through sure. to the throughout the season. You know, maybe something comes up and major or minor league baseball says, from now on, you guys have to do this. Well, we need to communicate that out to the staff mm-hmm. as well and make sure that they're hearing it. Another tricky part to communication, though, is what we're finding is not everybody receives everything the same way. You know, sure. somebody might, if they get an email they'll absorb it. But if I'm talking to them face to face, they don't want to talk about it or they don't hear it. Right. Right. You know, so we're trying to figure out that way of what gets the message across to the most people, Mm -hmm. the most efficiently. Do you also vary up who delivers the message? It really depends on the situation. Yeah. Uh If it's my team, it's me. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, it's my team. Because you've established that leadership. Yeah. And I want to be the go-to. I want to be the one solving Mm -hmm. the issues that need to be solved. So, you know, we've got that trust and that confidence in the team. Yeah. Well, we didn't talk so much about this, but I do want to talk a little bit about this. We only have about 10 minutes left. So, um, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but I, (laughs) but something you just said, I think is, is really important. You are, um, a leader and you have a team, Mm -hmm. um, but you are a female. Mm-hmm. So, and we talked before the show about how few females are actually in the baseball organization right. structure. Right. So do you ever find, I'm sure you're managing a lot of people that are most likely male. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that changes your, does that, does that change with women that you manage or is it you manage the same way, whether it's female or male mm-hmm. or, or, or how do the different genders perceive you? I don't manage to gender, right? Okay. I'll manage to skill set or will set, you know, mm-hmm. I'll manage mm-hmm. to this specific individual. I have had instances where I've had trainees who have worked with me, um, male and female, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, back at the, at the winter meetings at, in D.C. that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, I sat in on a Women Leaders in Baseball uh, event that goes on every winter yeah, meetings, yeah. and it was two and a half hours long, and it was pretty fascinating. I mean, there's some interesting stuff that How came out of that How many people room. were at winter meeting? Altogether, winter meetings are at this meeting. At the all together at the winter meeting. Gosh, I have no idea, but you figure thousands. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, and then how many would fall into this women in leadership? There had to be 140 in the room. Wow. Yeah. So maybe 10 percent. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Okay. But really good dialogue yeah, and really yeah, yeah. Um, active dialogue and stuff. And I think what came out of that room to me the most was we're all kind of as women in a male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. We're doing good things. Mm-hmm. That's great. But mm-hmm. I think it's critical that we erase those lines though. You know, we're all here to do a job, you know? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the, um, I I coached one lady that we were talking to and she, she says, Donna, you know, I don't, I don't understand. I I get frustrated in these meetings and then I'll cry. And then, you know, I try to get the guys to understand what I'm talking about, but I get so upset and I'm crying. And then I just tell them and to end the conversation, I'll just tell them, look, I'm going through menopause, you know? (laughs) And I'm thinking, Oh why why would you bring that up? Right, right, don't right. shoot yourself in the foot like that. You right. know, that's just uh, how are you going to gain their respect if you're falling back on that? I understand maybe it's a reality. Right. But let's talk about what's truly going on in this conversation. Let's right. shelve, shelve everything else, yeah. you know, put yeah. that out there and let's figure out what the issue is. How do you get your per caps higher or mm-hmm. how do you get more fans into the seats, you know, right. or something like that? And shelve the rest of it. And the more she, you know, I was telling her, the more you do that, that's when you're going to gain their respect. Sure. You know? Sure. And, uh, and I think it's easy to lose sight of that. But anyway, back to what I was talking about, the male and the female trainees. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a um, culturally the way we're all raised or something like that. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that the guy, guys will come in and whether or not they're truly confident or not, a lot of times the guys will go, I got this. I'm going to go out mm-hmm. there and I'm going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But yet a lot of the females who I've managed will need a little bit more coke coaching maybe they don't believe in themselves as much and it makes me wonder i'm like where is that message coming from you know or they're at least willing to admit Mm -hmm. their lack of confidence yes that very well could be it absolutely Mm -hmm. but and i've tried to tell you know male female whoever i've tried to tell them on my team you know if you go out there and you're doing a community relations event for me and Mm -hmm. you're relying on your own decision making you can't get in touch with me and something's come up right Mm -hmm. if your intent is in the right place 
and you go out there and you make the absolute worst decision and there's a giant hole, the shape of you, you know, right. from that decision, I'm not going to fault you for it. You did the best that you could. Your intentions were true, right? right? And right. that always takes the anxiety level down and they feel like, okay, good. I'm not going to be blasted for doing something, right? right? exactly. I'm not going to be, you know, strewn up as the, you know, the poster example of, you know, a horrible decision. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think the the females who I've managed have taken to that more that they feel like, okay, I'm not, like you said, I'm not going to be strung up, you know, mm-hmm. for making that bad decision. As long as the intent is good, I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. It, then I look at myself, okay, if they made a poor decision, what did I do wrong that I could have coached them through better going sure. into it, sure. right? Yeah. So um, if the intent is bad and I've had that, if they made the wrong decision and it was because of where they were coming from, mm-hmm. that's where the big problem is. And, and I'll yeah. take care of that swiftly too. But but really, the um, the guys are relieved to hear me say that, but the girls especially... I shouldn't say the girls, the females are, are um, really relieved to, yeah. to say, okay, I'm going to go out there and give it my best shot. And it empowers them. You know, it makes yeah. them feel like I'm out here doing the right thing and I want to do the right thing for the Blue Wahoos and yeah. represent the team well. Yeah. And uh, is that an ownership? Do you think that'd be different if you were a male? Like, do you think, hmm. do you think they wouldn't feel, I, I guess it could go both ways. That if you were a male, they wouldn't feel open enough to admitting lack of confidence. Or do you think because you are a female that they feel that it's okay to admit that more yeah. than maybe, maybe the male counterparts? I, again, I think it goes more to management style rather than gender. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. My management style is very open and, and let's, let's talk this through. Here's mm-hmm. your event that you're going out to manage mm-hmm. and and all that. So I think that that might come back just more to the management style. Okay. You know, they might not be willing to talk to somebody who has shot them down off. in the past. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who says, I expect perfection. And if right. you can't give me perfection, you know, you shouldn't be on my team. Right. You right, know, right. Somebody that has that kind of yeah little bit more brash personality. Yeah. You know, I would bet would be harder to open up. To. Absolutely. I mean, you put yourself mm-hmm. in your, their shoes. Right. I wouldn't want to open up to that person either. You right. know, I'd be like, oh my gosh, if I say the wrong thing, I'm not going to be able to work here so you wouldn't necessarily vocalize that in that situation so having that i feel you know good about my team usually feels pretty good about coming to me if they've got a problem or they feel like they've messed up or something there's Mm -hmm. nothing we can't fix you know sure as long as the intent is good again if the intent is good we're fine right the intent is bad yeah different story that's a yeah yeah completely we're gonna get that standards of behavior sheet out and explain it to them in detail when it's a problem (laughs) exactly (laughs) which like you said probably in that situation is not going to come as a surprise. Right. Right. No, yeah. absolutely. No surprises on that ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the cool. surprises are fun because they're usually positive. It's like, right. you know, this person doesn't know that they were observed doing this. You know, I had right. a lady on the cleaning crew uh, two seasons ago who found a $500 watch in the bathroom. Somebody mm-hmm. had gone in there and went to wash their hands or something, took it off, left the watch down. And uh, the person uh, wrote in on the surveys, just absolutely panicked. I was given this as a gift and I think I left it at your stadium. Well, our cleaning crew uh, member had found it and turned it in and went through the proper procedures. And so mm-hmm. I was thankful to be able to tell that fan that good news, we've got your watch. Well, mm-hmm. she went crazy. She went crazy and was so moved to tears almost that yeah. uh, somebody had not stolen it and had right. done the right thing. And, right. and so anyway, we made a point of connecting her with that crew member. They hugged. We put that crew member up for reward and recognition during the fourth inning that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really a touching moment. But it's really having, again, that staff in place who want yeah. to do the right thing. Yeah. Well, and that's critical, I think. I mean, I go back to um, years and years ago, we had for our very first, for Powerful Women, for our first uh, conference, which this last year was our fourth. So nice you know, four years ago, yeah. um, our first one was out at Pensacola um, Beach mm-hmm. and we did it at the Hilton. We had Julia McQueen, who owns oh, that nice. Hilton, sure. um, be the one of the main speakers. And um, he talked a lot about growing up and kind of how he would go and, and bus tables when he was too young to technically be employed. <laughs> um, but when he got into the hotel business, he really took pride in the housekeepers that he hired mm-hmm. and he paid them a higher wage than anybody would really pay him in the industry. And he remembers getting kind of beat up by some of his, you know, fellow uh, hotel owners that would say, gosh, I can't believe you're, you know, putting that much money into the housekeeping team. But what he would always say is that you don't realize how many people leave valuables in hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. And if you pay your housekeeping team right, and Mm -hmm. you instill the right morals and values in them, then they don't feel um, due 
to, oh, I found a $500 watch. Well, you know, these people are horrible to work for. I'm just going to pocket it. Right. Or, you know, my paycheck's, you know, pretty short and I could really use some extra money. I'm going to pocket it, right. you know, kind right. of thing. So it sounds like the same things you guys are instilling at the Wahoos is that you're huh. creating a culture of people that really feel more passionate about who they're trying to please, mm -hmm. which are the fans, mm -hmm. than they are about justifying them being in a, you know, I in a, in a job. Right. Absolutely. It is. It's that in going through that process again and, and keeping those lines of communication open and why we want to do the right thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, we're just saying it is, we're not saying it because, you know, it's been written in one of Quinn's books or anything like right. that. It's, it's truly wanting to do the right thing. And yeah. a lot of times we talk about, you know, how would you feel if this happened to you? And this is why this person's being recognized. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, um, that reward and recognition is so key. Mm -hmm. And you do it in front of the rest of the staff. Right. Because, number one, that person should receive the accolades sure. that they did. But number two, it's also, hey, I can do that too, you yeah. know? So yeah. the next time a situation like that comes up, they're going to do the right thing and they also, you know, want to. They're right. genuinely moving towards that decision. Yeah, they see that the, they see the positive that comes from it and right. the, and they want to belong. They want right. to be, you know, positive people want to, you know, make, make good things happen. Right. You right. know, it's amazing at how much that energy... Um, expands in that same direction. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a, an amazing staff. Anybody who hasn't had a chance to come out to a Blue Wahoos game, I really hope that they can just for the you know I hear it every single every single homestand. I hear it at least once. I don't even like baseball, but I can't wait to get back here because it's yeah. such a venue that people feel comfortable and they're having a good time. They're eating good food. You know, it's beautiful yep. scenery and and uh, so. And that's all that starts with the staff. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and it's a pleasurable experience. I mean, honestly, I've been to, you know, hundreds of games, I'm sure, at this point. And I mean, and there are, you know, every once in a while, there's, you know, things that just happen. It's sure. life, you know, but um, for the most part, I mean, you don't, you you don't have to go far to find somebody that's willing to help you. No, good. Thank you. you. Know? I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We we have, you know, I think it's interesting from the parking lot to your seat, we've got five checkpoints already of people. You come up, you come to the gate, you've had Terry or you've had Ken say hello mm -hmm. thanks for coming to the Blue Wahoos game you know how's everything going you've got your ticket takers your um you've got Paula Paula everybody knows Wahoo Paula, Paula on the platform there right always so screaming. I always wonder what's going on if Paula's not there I always tell her I go Paula they can hear you out in Chamukla you <laughs> know true. so they yeah. probably can <laughs> yep and then they've got uh, Travis will be sitting Travis mm -hmm. Stewart will be at the top of the stairs and then you've got yeah. your usher at your section so we've got all these checkpoints and we hear from people we love that welcoming feeling. And, Absolutely. And you know what, Colleen, and I, I think that this is such a source of pride for our team. They're not welcoming those people because I've said, got to get out there and welcome them. I'm not, right. I don't tell them that. They genuinely want to, wow. you know, we'll remind them this is what customer service looks like. You know, you've sure. got, you know, some standards that we've seen that have translated to success and we'll remind them mm -hmm. of that. But genuinely, it's in their core that they want to, they I'm just, having a great time at work. I want you to have a great time. I was going to say, and they're <laughs> genuinely excited to see yes. people that are there yeah. because they're not, this isn't, that isn't a, a opportunity to just perform their job. It's, they're an op it's an opportunity to interact with their yep. friends. Yeah, absolutely. Our mm -hmm. ushers go to weddings of our fans, you know, weddings, so um, kids' awesome. graduations, you know, so yeah. It's really something, unfortunately, last year we had, you know, a, a slew of funerals that, that mm -hmm. happened, but our ushers were there, you know, I would go to them and there's, you know, five of them sitting in the, That's in the amazing. pews or stuff. Yeah. That's so amazing. it's a family atmosphere from, yeah. you know, staff and, and fans alike. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, this has been so phenomenal, Donna. You. you are a wealth of oh, information. Thank you so much. I love, I could talk for a week about this stuff with you, Colin. Well, you make it so comfortable here. Well, and that's the thing. We just talked about customer service. We talked about hiring. We didn't even get to any of the questions <laughs> that, that I had, you know, ready. I mean, I never thought we'd get through all of them anyway, but still, I mean, there is so much more I could talk to you about. And, and y'all are just such a great example about doing doing things the right way. Oh, thank you. And it, it just not happening, you know, because you're throwing a lot of money at it, but because you're instilling the right, you know, it's coming from the right place. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank and I think you. that makes such a big difference. Thank you. We yeah. do too. And I'm, I'm so encouraged to hear you say that because that's what, yeah. you know, that's really what we strive for. We want people who want to do the right thing and that's right. where it starts. Right. That's yeah. awesome. That's thank awesome. You. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's yes. been wonderful. Yes. Yay. I'm so excited. And I'll probably call you again for um, to tap into some more information. I'm in. Good. I'm in. Good. Absolutely. Well, yay. <laughs> well, if you were listening, that was Donna Kirby. She is the Vice President of Operations for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Mm -hmm. 
And um, the owner of the Wahoos owns a number of different um, companies here in in Pensacola. So um, this same type of of, um, effort is put into a number of different areas. So we are so thankful. I am so thankful that um, that Quint Studer is here. And Me for too. everything he's done for this community and yeah. everything he's done for women and, and everything he's done for leadership and, yep. you know, in healthcare and, you know, the whole nine yards. I'm just um, always grateful that he lives in our town. Absolutely. I, yeah. Thanks for saying all those nice things. I mean, yeah. anybody, you know, if anybody can at least go see Quint speak once, yeah. you'll you'll walk out of that room just floating on a cloud and inspired. Yeah. I'm going to change the world because he's he and Rishi have done some fantastic things here in Pensacola. Bubba's really recently have. come on board too, so yep. there's yep. a lot of neat and exciting things. I'm getting chills talking about it right now, Are but you? there are a lot of neat and exciting <laughs> things happening for Pensacola. Oh, oh, I can imagine they've always got new things on the horizon. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's all all really good. And so um, thank you again, Donna, thank for you. doing this. I'm um, my pleasure. Yes, I think this is a great example of of what we do with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And if you're listening today and you want more information about our organization, Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, we do have a Facebook page. It's Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And the um, other uh, place that you can access information would be our website. So that is PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com. And please come to one of our meetings, come to our conference in October, pick up our quarterly magazine, learn more about what we do, help support women that are in this in the Gulf Coast area, which is, um, you know, always beneficial to help a number of different areas. And and if you've been listening, this is uh, our Women in Leadership series, and it's brought to you by Pensacola Business Radio X. We are so grateful for what they do here so that we can um, have the ability to record this program. And we hope you tune in to our next show. Thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm.